Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. Oh, what's up? (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. Go to OptimalPerformancePodcast.com to see show archives, learn a little bit more about me and what I do, as well as get awesome discounts on a curated blend of biohacking gear. You can get, you can click through the link to get $50 off X3 bar, which is my favorite totally my absolute favorite it's totally transformed my body made me stronger and leaner um you can hear dr jake wish um on previous episodes you can get it 50 dollars off you know you're probably working out at home still and uh this is the most effective biohacking fitness equipment i've ever experienced you can also get discounts on jane which is my favorite cbd company and they offer full spectrum hemp they have two products one for the morning morning glory and one in the evening to chill out. Awesome products. So go to OptimalPerformancePodcast.com. Also follow me on Instagram at McCormick or Optimal Performance Podcast. And uh, today's episode is a little bit different. Uh, I'm interviewed. I'm kind of flipped a little bit on this episode. Uh, uh, there is a fellow who is named Steve Stabs, and he is a biohacker based out of South Africa. And he runs a company called Made to Thrive. Uh, in this episode, this is basically a podcast we recorded for him, for his podcast, but I decided it was really cool and wanted to use it. And what you will find in this episode is my personal perspective on the seven pillars of Made to Thrive, which are purpose, community, environment, sleep, movement, nutrition, and self-quantification. So we start out just going through these seven pillars. You know, he's got a he's got a cool South African accent and uh, he's very thoughtful and he is a biohacking like stud. Um, he's an entrepreneur, a leadership coach, international lect- lecturer, and holistic practitioner. He's got um, a background in Western medical practices uh, as well as ancestral living in Chinese medicine. He's a family man. He's super fit. He's uh, he's one of us. He's a super duper biohacker, and he reached out to me to have me on his podcast. And I thought, well, this is cool because this takes a deep dive into understanding how I approach these seven pillars of Made to Thrive. It's a pretty cool episode, uh, and I think that there's a lot of actionable stuff within this. This also kind of dives deep into how I think about these things, how I biohack my purpose, how I think about community, environment, and sleep. And I think one of the other key takeaways for folks, you know, because you listen to each of these episodes, you know me. Like, I know know you, you know me. And this really gets into, even beyond the biohacking stuff, it really touches on the importance of choosing your own life and... I talk about my origin story, how I got to be this podcast entrepreneur, life coach guy, and hopefully there's something in here that inspires you to take control of your life and to be intentional with your life. You know, the world has changed now and there's so many opportunities, there's so many things for us to to focus on and what we should be doing is focusing on ourselves and how we can be our best. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because you guys do that already, but um I hope this is really useful to you. I want your feedback. If you would, please take the one minute to just drop like a one-line review on iTunes. It would mean a ton to me. Uh, It really helps keep this podcast growing. You know, podcast listening has changed. My listening has changed. I know yours has too because you're not commuting into work anymore. But I know that you guys still listen to this. So if you would, please, it would help out a lot if you would go and leave a five-star review on iTunes. Um, Last but not least, I want to thank Natural Stacks for sponsoring this podcast. You know, it used to be their podcast. Now it's my podcast, but I still appreciate their sponsorship, and I appreciate all of them amazing, amazing nootropics that I really rely on um, to just, like, stay focused and remember stuff and be effective you know neurofuel is my favorite nootropic of all time 
and um, I still take it before every podcast. I take it before every coaching session, and you can go to Natural Stacks and use OPP20 for 20% off. So stock up on vitamin D and MagTech, get some neurofuel, get your brain right. I'm so excited to bring you this episode. It's a little bit different. I think you're going to like it. It's got a lot of good information in it. And if you want to connect with me, send me an email, sean at seanmccormick.com. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Sean McCormick and, and Steve Stavs. Today, we've got the most incredible, fascinating podcast health hero. His name is Sean McCormick. He's done over 260 shows and I've listened to so many of these fascinating interviews where he picks people's brains distills the information and deconstructs these amazing minds. And so what a privilege to have Sean McCormick, life coach, entrepreneur, uh, just a business and health mind that I've been so intrigued following him over these last few years. He's interviewed the who's who in health and wellness. And so Sean, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, man. That is that I'm, I'm hyped. You should be my hype man that I'm hyped up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you. I just want to thank you so much for, you know, you've interviewed people like the sleep doctor, Dr. Michael Bruce, you know, you've interviewed people with EMF underwear. You've interviewed people in terms of the best and healthiest coffee. I mean, you, you have just been incredible in your podcasting journey. And I've just, as a, a podcasting intern, I've got so much to learn from you. So, you know, I just want to thank you personally. And uh, it's people like you that have got this stage, have helped so many people across the world without even knowing. And so mm. thank you for accepting the interview and, uh, you know, I know you're moving, so there's a lot of pressure and stress, and you're still taking this on. So I'm just really, really grateful for that. Thank uh, you. Now, tell us your story on how you got into human optimization and, and what's the deal with Sean McCormick and uh, mm. this uh, health optimization. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been quite a journey. Uh, so I I kind of had a typical suburban upbringing, um, middle class working parents. And, uh, the thing that, the thing that I, that was a little bit unique for me as a kid was that my folks taught me transcendental meditation at 12, uh, because I couldn't wow. sit still. Like I was, I, I mean, I just could not sit still. My father is a behaviorist and, uh, and, and he understood the, 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 the issues with, with administering, um, you know, ADHD medications. Um, um, and so they didn't. So instead, uh, they, they taught me how to meditate. And I hated it. I couldn't stand it. I mean, this is the last thing I wanted to do at 12 years old was sit on a cushion and watch my breath. But that that experience at that age, you know, sort of pubescent uh, 12-year-old kid, little version of Sean, um, really helped me sort of expand my brain, expand my mind, um, really got me interested in altered states of consciousness at a younger age. Fast forward into my sort of mid-20s, I had a number of um, really, really impactful meditation experiences, out-of-body experiences, um, more than a few. And, and that sort of like connection between my physical body and my consciousness was, was, was a clear theme for me. And it wasn't until I made the calculated risk of leaving my sales job. Uh, I worked at a radio conglomeration, a multimedia uh, company. I was an account executive um, selling advertising for radio mm. and it was a fun job, but I didn't, wasn't, it didn't suit me. It didn't like turn me on. It didn't give me purpose or mission or meaning or anything like that. It was just a cool, fun job with lots of happy hours. I was drinking too much. I was, uh, I was staying out late. I was, I mean, literally partying with, with, uh, with rock stars and stuff, um, in, in that, but it wasn't, it wasn't my, didn't, didn't move me. And so I made the jump from sales guy to wellness entrepreneur in, um, officially opened my first sensory deprivation tank center here in Seattle, Washington in 2012. And that was a really nice thing for me. It was a perfect marriage of, you know, wellness and purposeful entrepreneur providing people with pain relief and stress relief and meditation. Um, I was interested in meditation anyway. And, and, you know, I'd had a number of psychedelic experiences through college that again, like opened up my coconut and, and made me more aligned. Yeah. Made me more aligned with the, uh, the type of person that I wanted to be in this and, and the, how, how I wanted to serve. So 
through that time of learning this biohacking technique, I mean, flotation therapy is like an incredible experience, uh, a fairly challenging business to run, but uh, I grew it to two locations and started to expand even further. We carried nootropics uh, at the float center. So we had a bunch of on it products for a while. So I would tinker around with alpha brain. I would tinker around with like the melatonin um, and the five HTP. I forget the name of it. Um, but I would tinker around with those. And then we started to carry natural stacks products and within the natural stacks products. Um, my favorite nootropic of all time is called NeuroFuel. It used to be called Siltep. It's called NeuroFuel from, uh, it's got artichoke extracts, four ingredients. It's all open source, really wonderful product. So in that time, you know, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, you know, as I'm painting the insides of float centers and that expanded even further to include for, you know, Rob Wolf and Mark Sisson, you know, I've been following Mark's Daily Apple since college and begin to like really expand into nutrition and wellness and performance. And through carrying these products and having these relationships with these supplement companies, I was given the opportunity to uh, take over the podcast. So Natural Stacks, I actually took over, you you gave me more credit than I deserve because I actually took over at episode 153. So okay. I've only done 110 episodes, okay. so it's slightly less impressive, but uh, 110 episodes of, of the Optimal Performance Podcast. Okay. And, uh, and through, through working you know, as a podcast host, as a wellness entrepreneur, helping people one-on-one through providing a service to them, that expanded out to coaching, performance coaching and life coaching. So I was working with professional athletes as sort of like a a performance hacker and recovery specialist. And then that expanded and expanded and expanded. And now um, it's life coach. I sold the float centers um, two years ago and now it's all focused on optimization. It's focused on the podcast and the coaching and the workshops that I do. So now every single day is different and new and I get to do cool stuff like this. Sounds incredible. You know, what a journey. But was there a time in your journey that you just realized this is my purpose? This is what floats my boat? You know, where, where did it actually happen that you decided to, you know, become a podcast hero and, and do life coaching? What was the, the moment that you realized it? You know, the, the, it, really, it really sort of went back to this moment when I presented the idea to my wife that we should open a wellness center that's when everything changed. Uh, it, I, I had been meditating and I had it floated once, um, which is a whole nother story. I floated in the basement of a guy I met on Craigslist in his float tank <laughs> um, and had this transcendent experience. But it was really that moment where I decided like, I'm not going to live this conventional life. Like um, I, I'm not, I don't like having a boss. I don't want to be beholden to budgets and, um, commission rates and so forth. Like I was, I was not interested in that. So when, when I got buy-in from my wife, uh, when she's like, yeah, let's do it. That was it for me. My, my entire, my entire perspective changed, my energy changed, my lifestyle, my vision, everything changed. And so since then it's been incremental steps towards including more and more services and expanding myself even further. And a big part of that is, uh, for me personally is to live really transparently on the internet. Um, so I talk really openly about all of the things that I believe in from vaccines to Mm. psychedelics to, I mean, like that is a really important part of me to speak my truth Mm. and, and it keeps growing and growing, but really that moment back in, you know, 2010 was the moment where I decided like, yeah, this, this is it for me. This is my mission. This is my purpose. I want to help people. I want to heal people. I want to share and grow and help them help guide them be their best selves. And now it's just like piling different layers of the keto cake on top of each other. Brilliant. Sounds exceptional. So, I mean, we've got seven pillars at made to thrive first one and most important one together with community is uh, purpose. And it seems like you, you've just hit the ground running with your purpose and you can see it in how authentic you are on the podcast and, you know, just uh, your Instagram posts and just who you are. So, you know, well done for just revealing, you know, the true Sean McCormick and, uh, you know, unashamedly you just, you are who you are and it just comes through. So, you know, well done for that. The, the second you. would be community as a, as a pillar in, in Made to Thrive, who are the people that have been your closest community, who have, uh, you know, 
episode brought you uh, just the, the, the real feedback, you know, the honest truth to say, mm-hmm. you know what, Sean, we're here, we're with you, but, you know, what about this and what about that and ask the real questions and, you know, really being, you know, constructively helping you along the journey. Can you unpack your multiple communities in your life? Yeah, it's, 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 it's been tough. I mean, really, really frankly, um, my, I've had to face and, and overcome objections from my loved ones since that, since that first Thanksgiving, when I told my family that I was going to quit my six figure sales job to go start a flotation therapy center, I'm going to leave all my insurance behind. I'm going to, I'm going to go do this thing. And so, um, it's been fairly lonely. I mean, to be totally honest, it's been fairly lonely because not very many people in, in my world, in my community, in my family, in my group of friends back then, you know, 10 years ago, really got it at all. Didn't understand it. They're like, Hey, we believe in you, Sean, you could do anything. Like you're, you're going to be fine. But like, we really don't understand why you would make this risk. What, what the heck is floating anyway? Like, like what's a life coach. So in, in that way, uh, it's been challenging, but the flotation therapy community across the country and across the world is very tight knit. Uh, it's it's a very okay. niche business, and there are not that many. So when we opened in 2012, there were 35 float centers in uh, the North America in North America, and now there are over 800. Wow. And so through that growth, um, we've been you know in 2012, so it's been open you know just about eight years. Uh, the the community within flotation therapy has been uh, a place of open-mindedness. I mean, you can imagine the hippies and weirdos and freakazoids that open float centers, right? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like independent thinking people. And so I really did find my niche there. Um, I also found my niche through, for, frankly, through like festivals, you know, I would connect with people who, who were interested in mysticism and esoteric and consciousness expansion and music and expression and so um, having, having a group of community there to like reinforce the alignment of how I make my money with how I live my life and how I live my truth. And that has been, has been really important. You know, above and beyond that, I've had to really seek out um, other people in my community the same way that you've, yeah. that you've sought me out um, yeah. to, to see people like, I like the way that he does that. I like, I like yeah. the way that he thinks. I like, the, I like this. I like that. So I've done the same thing and I've reached out to people that I really respect yeah. and appreciate to learn from them and to grow from them, but it's a really small group. You know, it's, it's yeah. less than 10 people that I would really go to for, for advice or to cross check because I think still, I think, I mean, I know that my family still thinks I'm crazy. Uh, and, <laughs> and so like adding on top of the fact that, you know, I'm two weeks away from moving out from the suburbs out into the country to like basically kind of homestead and, and live closer to the vibrations of, the, of, of Gaia and be connected and, and try to live in a more self-sufficient way. So like my communities, the internet has been, has been a, a nice, a nice place to mm-hmm. find those people, to connect with those people and to, to bounce ideas off. Mm-hmm. And then I have a spiritual community as well. Um, I'm, okay. I'm really, really involved in, um, in ayahuasca circles. Yeah. Um, and so the community of, of shaman and healers within this, you know, expanded consciousness network, these people that are, that are constantly pushing the boundaries, you know, um, you know, people like Rick Doblin at maps, um, that are, that are thinking about the future of consciousness and how we can actually help people. And so because of my spiritual practice and because of my work in, in the non-physical realms, um, I've really leaned on, on some of, some of my friends, um, within, you know, the ayahuasca scene, which, which really extends obviously down to South America. So, you know, kind of like pick and choose, you know, I, I, uh, and, and always looking to connect. Well, sounds like you've had uh, sort of a bit of loneliness and a bit of community that have believed in you, you know, that have encouraged you. I'm not sure where your, your wife was on this page, but uh, you know, community is so crucial with regards to us, you know, and our journeys and our paths, you know, for our purpose, they're there to support us. They're there to celebrate our, you know, victories to, to walk through the lonely times. Uh, you know, have you had a mentor or has your wife been intricately involved in, in your journey? Yeah, my wife has been involved in the journey um, for sure. She and I, she and I built the float centers. We had, we had a silent partner as well in the very beginning. And um, yeah, she, she is, 
um, so I'm a Pisces and she's a Taurus. Um, and maybe that doesn't mean anything to anybody, but, but, mm. but basically like she's very grounded. She's very pragmatic. She's very logical, very black and white, like a bull. Right. And I'm this <laughs> slimy, squirrely, fishy Pisces yeah. personality, very extroverted. She's very introverted. So she has been an excellent continues to be an excellent, um, like partner in this life. And, and she and I have been together since we were 15. So we've gone through yeah. high school and wow. college and after college together and been able to grow and like really galvanize um, what we want to, how we want to live our lives. Mm. Um, so she has been obviously like really critical and she also has never had a social media profile ever. It's like, she's just not interested in it. So she is like the opposite of, of, <laughs> of how I show up on the internet. Yeah. And like she, she doesn't, she, she doesn't want to be a part of the, the limelight. Yeah. And I really do. And I really thrive there. So my wife has been uh, just like essential. Like I would not, I would not be who I am without her. Um, and then as far as mentors, you know, I've, I've worked with a couple of coaches myself, you know, every life coach mm -hmm. should work with a life coach or two, or in my case four, you know, I've got a, I've got a life coach for my spiritual growth. Um, this really, really brilliant intuitive woman who I've known for, you know, 15 years. Um, you know, I have, I have, some, uh, some people that I look up to, not really formal mentors, but, but coaches, uh, who have helped in my business. Um, I have others that have, uh, that have helped with sort of my social media presence to a certain extent. Um, but you know, what I've, what I've learned, and this is useful for anybody is that you'll never know unless you ask, you will never get help unless you ask. So you have to, you have to ask for what you need and give what you can. If you never ask, if you don't tell what your, your spouse what it is that you need, you'll never get it. If you don't ask someone for their input or, or a collaboration or insight or whatever, if you never ask, you'll never get what you need. So that, that, that's, that's certainly a takeaway and actionable item for anybody is like, just ask, like, like stick your neck out there. What's the worst that can happen? Hmm. Yeah, well, that's fantastic and, and real, a lot of value there that everybody needs a coach. You know, I've been through executive coaching and wellness coaching and life coaching and I've had my coaches in my journey and they've been instrumental in, you know, facilitating learning and growth and development and pivoting and being a, you know, just a wall to bounce things off over, you know, some difficult times. Sometimes you feel overwhelmed by just you know, engaging them. They've, they've been a real helping hand. But uh, there's many people that don't believe they need a coach. Now, what would you say to those people? I mean, they're just like, I'm okay. I'm cool. I'm, I'm great. I don't need a coach. Yeah. You know, uh, what I'll tell them is there, there's nobody in your life that is qualified to help you grow. Your spouse, your mom, your brother, your best friend, they're not qualified. They love you. Hopefully, they support you. Hopefully they encourage you, but they're not qualified to help you strategize where you want to go in your life. Yeah. You know, therapy is about looking back. It's about yeah. processing trauma and understanding who you are, mm. but that has nothing to do with where you're going. Mm. And so if you are, if you are interested in living a life that's full of intention with mm. goals and a plan, unless you work with a coach, unless you, unless you like invest in yourself, unless you invest in yourself with someone who's been there, with someone who is interested in and experienced in, in helping you perform at a higher level, like you're not going to get that guidance. You could read all the books. You could, you could, you could do Dale Carnegie and, and Tony Robbins and <laughs> Napoleon Hill all day. You could read every single one of the self-help books and, and still not have that level of self-awareness that you get from working with a coach who can see your blind spots because you can't. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I'd say about that. Brilliant. I do want to pivot a bit because uh, you sound like an incredible coach, but tell me about podcasting. It's, you know, it's such, it's in its infancy in South Africa. There's people often don't even know what a podcast is. Uh, they're not even sure about Apple podcasts or Spotify. You know, you've had a successful podcast and, and it's uh, incredible to see and, and listen to and witness. Tell me why podcasting is so important and uh, how you've managed to reach out to these incredible health heroes. Yeah. Well, I, I just have just this insatiable curiosity. You know, I'm, I, yeah. I, I'm fortunate enough to be the host of a podcast that I wouldn't ever miss an episode of. <laughs> like I, there, there are other podcasts that I never miss episodes of. And so that's what I try to do. I try to make content. I try to release episodes with guests that I 
I wouldn't want to miss. And whether that's EMF blocking underwear or an ayahuasca shaman or uh, Bruce Lipton or Rob Wolf, like I wouldn't, I would not want to miss a conversation from them. I consume a ton of their content anyway. And so what I have done is been able to do a good enough job, create a consistent enough product that when people look up the optimal performance podcast and look at the topics and see how many episodes and see that they're an hour each, you know, I'm not doing a 15 minute podcast. Like I'm doing an hour every single week. Um, and I have learned how to like produce and, you know, do all of it myself because I know how to grind because I'm an entrepreneur. Um, then it's just a matter of like, cause there are still, you know, there's a dozen people on my wish list that I have been trying to track down for years. I mean, and, and it, and I will continue to, so there, you know, there are people on my list that, uh, that I have gotten this close to getting and then they get busy again, or they still have not returned my calls and, and it, and it just, it happens. Right. But I want to continually share information that enriches my life because I know if it ever, if it enriches my life, it's going to enrich other people's lives. And because I get to curate that content, um, I'm always thinking about the audience. I'm always thinking about, well, how can I, how can I make this actionable for them? How can I, how can I hook them up with special offers? How can I, how can I teach them something that they didn't know before, you know? Uh, And and so that's just my North star is, is I just, it's never going to end. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I finally released the, finally rolled out the the website just mm. like two weeks ago. And, uh, and it's sort of a long story as to why I hadn't done one up until then, but it's like there, there, there's always so much to learn. And, and the old adage of, you know, um, the more I learn, the, the more I realize I know nothing. Yeah. And that is the case. That is, that is absolutely the case. And, and so high level of consistency and just being a rabid dog, just tracking people down and making it easy on them to say yes. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Fine. 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 Um, yeah, I'll do it. Well, I've got 90 minutes in three months that I'll schedule you for. Like it took, it took me, you know, it took me three years to get, uh, to get Bruce Lipton on the podcast and he blew my freaking mind. Like our conversation was <laughs> insane. Yeah, so yeah. that's, that's my, that's my approach to it. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, if we can go back to the pillars, uh, the third pillar in the Made to Thrive, uh, you know, process is environment. And so, if you could give your top uh, hacks on light and mm. uh, EMF, right? Yeah. So you're doing a better job of uh, of it than I am right now with your with your yellow tinted blue blocking shades. Um, uh, I I guess I left mine in the house. Um, light. Uh, what what I have found is that Light is, is 10 years from now, the, the whole world will know that LED and screens are, are, are screwing with their health. Um, not everybody knows that now. Uh, when, when I decided to like block out the light in my room, right? Like years ago when I decided like, okay, I'm just going to totally black out the, the drapes in my house. I'm not going to have any lights on inside my bedroom. Like I fell asleep faster and I, and I, and I didn't wake up. Um, extending that to now sort of our evening routine, which is to when the sun goes down, uh, all the lights go off in my house. So I don't have any lights on in my house. We'll light candles. And if we are going to, me and my wife and my kids go to bed and um, when, if me and my wife are going to watch something, we'll both wear uh, blue blocking glasses. So it's not mm-hmm. to screw with our sleep. Um, it, for me, a, a good pair of blue blocking glasses, like the really dark lens that block out all the blue and green light from 480 or from 420 to 580 nanometers, mm-hmm. this blue and green spectrum, um, is, is, has, has been an absolute game changer for my sleep for my, the level of recovery I get from my sleep. And I'm just a nicer person. Like when I'm not bugged out and fried from staring at a screen all day, um, and, and, and being overstimulated at night, suppressing melatonin release in the evening time by wearing my blue blocking glasses. There's also research out that shows that you have photoreceptors in your, on your skin. So if you're wearing a tank top inside, you got your blue blockers on, but you're wearing a tank top and all your lights are on in your house, your skin is still taking in that light and saying, oh shit, it's daytime. I guess we'll party. I guess we'll stay up and 
mm-hmm. stay hungry and go back and eat some more and, and, and not go to bed till one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So, you know, those little things, blue blocking glasses, turning off the lights in your home, wearing long sleeves uh, in the evening mm-hmm. time so that your, your, your skin isn't getting the, getting that light intrusion um, is essential. For EMF, it's, it's, I think it's much harder to track because you can get those EMF detectors. You can actually mm-hmm. you know, detect where you have high levels of EMF. But we unplugged our microwave a long time ago, and, and the microwave is like the number one um, uh, offender for EMF, yeah. even when it's not in use. So even the, just the fact that it's on, it emits an EMF frequency. There's an episode that I did with Quantified Bob, Bob Troya, um, who lives in New York City, and like did his entire apartment and figured out like my Wi-Fi is bad, but my but my uh, microwave is way worse at emitting EMFs. Obviously, we all have Wi-Fi routers, and um, one thing that I invite people to do is unplug it at night. You don't need to surf the internet when you're sleeping. Unplug your Wi-Fi router in the evening time, and then go ahead and plug it back in when you wake up. You will notice within a couple of days how much better you slept. And, and I've done this for a lot of people. Uh, coaching clients especially and what they it's like the next day they're like oh my god i feel so good i feel Mm. like i like i like i was sleeping when i was a teenager and i'd wake up and feel refreshed so emf is uh, you can you can you can monitor it with those uh with those detectors which uh apparently are not they're they they, they're hard to calibrate and they're often Mm. inaccurate um so minimizing wi-fi turning it off at night at the very least flipping your phone to airplane mode and at nighttime so that your phone isn't pinging. And then I know this is going to come back on pillar number seven, but I don't use any trackers. I don't use an aura ring okay. or a whoop or an iWatch or anything like that because that's pinging your phone. Sometimes it's pinging your phone kind of constantly. So it's constantly yeah. getting this EMF, this radiation that's going from your watch or your aura ring to your phone. Mm. And if you're doing it at night, it's doing the same thing. Um, I haven't gone as far as to like build Faraday cages uh, for dirty electricity. Um, But along those same lines, protecting, you know, hacking your environment. um, I I spend a lot of time outside barefoot in the grass. It's essential for, especially for my kids at seven and four. Like if they're not outside grounding into the earth with bare feet in the grass, like they're, they're, they're pretty annoying. So like I make Mm -hmm. it really, really a key thing to like be able to ground out and to get away from, to get away from EMFs, to get away from Wi-Fi, <laughs> and when we go to, um, we know when we go go outside and go for hikes and stuff like that, um, we're our, you know, obviously distancing ourselves from um, from five G as well. So it's it's a constant thing, and it's it's a lot to consider. But it's I think it's I think it's ten years from now, light and EMFs, we're going to have lots to talk about. It's going to be issues. Yeah, I'm sure. Is that one of the reasons why you're moving out into the country? Just to Get away from uh, you know the grid, uh, the electromagnetic uh, fields, the radiation, and, and so forth. Yeah, it's part of it for sure. Yeah, yeah. cool. Well, let's just uh, move on to the next pillar, which is sleep and the importance of sleep. And people, you know, have the old adage that you can sleep when you're dead. But uh, I hope you know that many people are realizing how important sleep is. Uh, although a lot of executives that I work with, you know, they're on their laptops, they put their laptops, you know, on their laps. They got their laptops in their bedroom. They got their phones in their bedroom. They're working, you know, like five minutes before their sleep. They're on social media. You know, they got their phone right next to them. Uh, you know, just tell us about the importance of sleep. You've interviewed some big hitters in regards to uh, sleep uh, science. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's, it's one of the most consistent things that people say across uh, domains, you know, um, Rob, Rob, I'm sure listeners know the Rob Wolf. I know you know who Rob mm-hmm. Wolf is, mm-hmm. you know, basically like uh, the, the father of the, the paleo movement. And we had a really cool episode conversation together we talked about regenerative farming and we talked about you know veganism and we talked about all this great nutrition stuff and then i asked him the question that i ask everybody at the end of every episode which is um uh uh, what's one thing that everybody should know like everyone should know one thing what's that one thing and he's like sleep for sure sleep is the number one most important thing um if you're not recovering Every night you are screwing with your metabolism, your hormones, your cortisol, you're an asshole, 
you're you're really you're 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 really undoing all of the great biohacking that you're doing. Like if you're if you're eating right and exercising, you've got a love, lot of love in your life, and your sleep is dog shit. You are in big big trouble. It is a major major mm-hmm. problem. And so uh, there, you know, there's lots of different ways to improve your sleep, and we've touched on several of them already. You know, don't mm-hmm. expose yourself to blue light and green light. Um, uh, reduce EMF exposure and radiation inside your house. Um, You should walk a lot. You should walk long distances at slow paces because that's what our bodies have evolved to do. And, um, um, you know, there's some rules of thumb around, you know, you shouldn't, you should have no screens for three hours or no, no food for three hours before your sleep. No, no screens for three hours, no water for at least one or two hours. Um, what you do during the day sets yourself up for sleep. And so my, okay. my evening routine includes, I, I usually exercise and I know it's going to, we're going to get to that pillar, okay. but I just for time, I usually exercise at night after the kids go to bed. And so after I do that, I go straight into the sauna and I, and I fits for, you know, 25, 35, 40 minutes. And then I go into a cold shower. And then by the time I'm done with that cold shower, I am, I'm ready for sleep. And this is like, you know, usually like 10, 10, 30, sometimes 11 o'clock at night. And then I meditate and, you know, I have my spiritual practice. I say my prayers and connect with spirit. And then, and then I lay down and get ready to go to sleep. And I'm out like that. I sleep through the night and, uh, I wake up feeling refreshed. And, um, so it, it, it more and more because of all of these stimuli, because of the stimuli that we're exposed to every day, the media alone um, really messes with our ability to recover and to um, uh, allow our parasympathetic nervous system um, to recover, so to rest and digest and to, to, to do that. So I think sleep, um, sleep is everything, man, everything. That's why I've done like, I think I've done probably eight or nine episodes just on sleep. Yeah. It's that important. Cool. Fascinating. And I totally agree. You know, I think uh, sleep is one of the pillars that you've got to get in place for the repair, the regeneration. You've got to make sure that a lot of the other pillars form into place, you know, your nutrition, you know, you do so that you sleep well, you know, your exercise, you do to you sleep well, you do your infrared sauna to sleep well. It's, it's the time that you really are repairing and regenerating and allow the body to go through processes like autophagy and a clearing of the old senescent cells that are there that are stagnant, that can be precancerous. Your body needs a time to clear out, you know, it's in the lymphatic system in the brain, you get the brainwash, you know, Dr. Pill matches words on brainwash where your brain gets cleared out. And so I think it's, uh, you know, it's crucially important, especially in today's modern world. Yeah. And then let's move on to the next pillar called movement and uh, exercise. You know, give us your, uh, you know, top three hacks or top three tips there with regards to that uh, pillar. Yeah, it's it's changed for me over the years. Um, you know, I, I, I played soccer in college mm-hmm. um, and, and played soccer after college in men's leagues. And then I fell in love with Brazilian jiu-jitsu for a while and, and was, was rolling, you know, two or three days a week for, for years. Uh, and then I had kids <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and suddenly, you know, um, driving to the, uh, the, the gym to go roll around and get my ass kicked and choked out by, by bigger, stronger, meaner dudes than me. Um, fell fell off the priorities list. So um, I've had to really take a hacked approach for my own physical fitness. I'm in. I'm I'm right now at that thirty. Hold on, seven thirty seven. At thirty seven, I'm in the best shape of my life. Um, way way more fit than I was in college playing soccer. Um, and I work out for ten minutes a day, six days a yeah. week. Um, the, tell me the, about that. Tell me yeah. about that. I love that X3 ball. I've got it. <laughs> Dude, do you love it? I love it. I've been using it and it's been a game changer from a strength perspective, you know? Yeah. It, it, so I believe in the need for anaerobic or for aerobic exercise. Mm. Um, you know, the studies support, you know, brain health and blood flow, etc. Um, now if you ask the creator, John Jaquish about, mm. 
aerobic exercise, he would say aerobic exercise is useless. The only, the only reason that you need to do aerobic exercise is, is because your anaerobic exercise is insufficient. So I created this system that will make your anaerobic exercise more efficient. So yeah, I mean, you and I both, we, we were, so it's, um, it boosts, uh, endogenous growth hormone. Um, it, it helps, um, protein synthesis. It helps you build muscle. Um, you never get sore. I mean, I've never been sore after an exercise session. Uh, and it's really simple. It's, it's these, it's, it's essentially, six to eight different movements that you do with bands. Um, it's yeah. they're, they're on, on push day, it's chest press, tricep press, overhead press and squats, front squats, front squats have shown to activate, um, positive hormones, um, you know, boost testosterone. Like if you want to be a strong person, you need to squat and you should probably front squat. The other day is the pull day where there's bicep curls bent over rows um, uh, deadlift and then calf raise. And there's a couple others that they mix in there, but it's, it, I mean, it, it, it has totally revolutionized my exercise. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I've never seen my abs like I have today, yeah. like, like, um, and for me, it makes tons of sense. Like I have three businesses and two kids and I'm about to move and I have a weekly podcast and I have seven life coaching clients. Like my days are slam packed, but also yeah. not to glorify the grind, but I also really, really massively place a premium on not having, on, on having downtime, having time with yeah. my family, like yeah. where I'm not doing anything, not on my phone, not yeah. working at all. Yeah. So I try to keep my work week between like, and this is maybe not the best thing. In fact, I've heard recently that I need to crank it up a notch, but I don't want to work more than 40 hours a week. Yeah. I just don't because I love my kids and I love my family. And I understand that how important stress is uh, to manage. So the, the ability to pack on muscle mass, which is what I want to do. I want to be fucking strong and I want to look <laughs> sexy. Those are the two things I want to do. <laughs> I, and I want to live long. I want to be strong, look sexy and live a long time. And, okay. and, and being strong is like, you know, a longevity marker. Lean muscle mass is like the number one. It's like waist ratio and lean muscle is like the number one marker for longevity. And so cool. working out 10 minutes a time, 10 minutes, a, 10 minutes a day, six days a week, just the X3 bar, and then going for the occasional hike and going for walks and just yeah. getting outside yeah. into nature is cool. all I need. I love it. Yeah, there's many guys who say 15,000 steps a day and then they're just doing the X3 bar, you know, and doing some weight training, some hard anaerobic forced reps, you know, till failure, resistance bands, and they, they're really, really happy. And some of their blood markers are incredible. Their sleep data is incredible. So uh, we do need the walking. We do need the steps. We do need the movement in the day. But I think most importantly, which I've realized is that, you know, the this, this, this strength work is imperative. It's crucial yeah. for health and wellness and performance and longevity, especially, you know, uh, Aubrey de Grey speaks about the eccentric activity of all these muscles. Mm. And that's what you get with this re resistance yeah. band. You know, it's a slow controlled eccentric load, which is crucially important for your telomeres and uh, anti-aging so uh, yeah. totally agree with you there uh, well tell me about nutrition you've uh, you've uh, interviewed so many guys rob wolf and you know tell me about fasting what your views on fasting and nutrition are in terms of uh, health and performance for me fasting is essential um i i i uh i can i cannot imagine not fasting. Um, that said, I have breakfast sometimes, but my general rule might, you know, we eat dinner pretty early at my house. So, you know, five thirty or six o'clock, we're done with dinner. Um, I might have like a couple of bites of dark chocolate, you know, an hour or two after that kind of before my workout and evening routine. But generally I fast until, you know, one or two o'clock every day. Um, I, I did, I did fatty coffee for a while. Um, I was doing, you know, um, MCT oil and ghee or grass fed mm. butter blended into my coffee in the morning, you know, a bulletproof yeah. style coffee. Yeah. Um, but I want, but I trained myself to enjoy black coffee a little bit more. Okay. And, um, so now I, I, you know, I truly, truly fast until noon at the earliest, sometimes one or two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Cause I like to, I like to get all my stuff done. I like to get my work done by that time. The everything else yeah. after that, my, my focus is going to wane a little bit. You know, my kids are going to bug me. And so like, I want to be 
get all of my really high focused work done in the first half of the day. And fasting is an, an amazing aid. Like right now, uh, today I've had four cups of coffee. You can probably tell, you can probably tell. I've had four <laughs> cups of coffee. I've had uh, a basis from Elysium, uh, which is an um, NAD supplement. Mm. I've had um, ESS 60, which is the fullerenes for longevity. Uh, mm. I've, I've had, um, I've, I'm kind of dealing with a foot issue right now. I think I have a bone spur, which really fucking is totally inconvenient right now in my life. Uh, going back to an, a foot injury. Um, anyway, um, so I'm taking mega doses of, of, uh, of CBD right now. So I've taken, um, you know, probably, are we cutting out? Um, yeah, we're cutting out. Yeah. Cutting out. It might be on me. Uh, I, so, so that's not technically that's not fasting because I'm taking these supplements um, but I'm not, I don't have any food in my tummy. And so, you know, after this, we, you know, we get closer to two o'clock in the afternoon, I'll go inside and, you know, actually today I'm going to fast until tonight. Cause I'm going to make a brisket for dinner. So I'm going to have okay. a lot of, I'm probably going to have two pounds of beef tonight. So, so I'm fasting during the day today. Keto. Um, I like, I used to enjoy slow carb, you know, the sort of like 30 grams yeah. of protein, um, within 30 minutes of waking up to like satiate. Um, but for me and my wife too, like it took her a while to get into the fasting protocol, but, and, and she hates it when I mention her on the podcast, but, uh, <laughs> she doesn't work out. Uh, she just doesn't. Um, and <laughs> she hates this, uh, she doesn't work <laughs> out. So fasting for her is like this excellent alternative plan. You know, she eats keto because that's what I cook and that's what we sort of shop for grocery wise. Yeah. And she fasts, so she doesn't really need to work out. And she's she's yeah. slim and trim, um, and we go for lots of walks. So I think keto. Um, I also did carnivore for a full month yeah. last January, and um, uh, uh, what what did I find? I, I wrote a blog post about it. It's seanmccormick.com forward slash blog. Basically, it's it's just meat, so it's just animal products. So I'm talking like steak, um, eggs mountains of bacon. Uh, I would do like smoked salmon. I would use, you know, like grilled salmon, you know, occasionally I would do some, um, some like sour cream because I wanted to see, I wanted to uh, figure out, I have, I have sort of skin issues sometimes. Um, dermatitis uh, flares up, especially when I'm drinking beer and eating bread. So like I figured that out a long time ago, Yeah. but also there are some, there are some, some issues that I get. I get some like responses and flare ups on my face. So I wanted to see if carnivore would help it. It did. It did help. It did clear me up a little bit. And obviously carnivore mimics sort of like a fat, um, um, a food allergy elimination diet. It's low. It's reduces inflammation. Um, I felt like a little increase in my libido. Um, I felt a little increase in my ability to, to put on muscle. Um, my face did clear up a little bit. Uh, and, uh, I, I had like just similar amounts of energy during that full month where I was, where I was doing carnivore. The weirdest part about it was that your bowel movements go to like almost zero. Uh, you really, really do not have any excrement. It just doesn't happen. And, and if you go back and listen to the Sean Baker episode, yeah. what he says is like, it's not because you're constipated, this myth around fiber, everybody needs fiber. Yeah. Well, apparently you don't need fiber because there's people who have been doing carnivore for now 10 years. There's pictures of these people and I, and maybe I'll share it with you after this. There's people who have been doing carnivore for like 15 years. I follow them on Instagram. They don't make a big deal about it. They're like 60 and they look 30 and I'm not shitting you. Like, they look super good. Uh, really, really, really good. Um, really youthful. Um, for me, it, it's not, it's not like the, my lifestyle that I want, you know, I want to have a sweet yeah. potato every once in a while. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to have vegetables. I like vegetables. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I think keto, keto and fasting, um, are, are the way that, that everybody should at least try out if not fully adopt. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think uh, Dr. Paul Saladino, who I want to get on the podcast, has been really sort of being controversial with the old carnivore. And the question I want to ask him is if you, if you don't have all the organ meats, if you don't have the liver, if you don't have the kidney fat, the suet, if you don't have all the white tissue, you know, the connective tissue, and you eat, you know, the heart, and you don't take supplements of, you know, all these, uh, these organ supplements, if you just eat meat, 
uh, is that uh, advisable or should you just rather have meat and vegetables, you know? So mm. I'm concerned that a lot of people do carnivore, but they don't have all the organ meats and they're not yeah. getting all the glycine they need. So they filling up with methionine and, you know, too much methionine in the diet is a problem. So, you know, I'd love to get his perspective. If you don't do carnivore properly, then maybe you should rather just do keto and fasting. You know, what is your yeah. perspective there? Yeah. Paul, Paul Saladino and Sean Baker differ in that way. Um, um, Paul, Paul advocates for no, to tail and dr baker doesn't give a shit um he, he you know it's ribeyes and that's it basically <laughs> yeah well it's a fascinating place with uh, nutrition i i did find rob uh, wolf's why to eat it's an incredible book in terms of how people respond to carbohydrates and yeah and you know, i've worn a glucose uh, continuous glucose monitor for a while just seeing you know what i respond to what i don't respond to you know supposedly healthy carbs like uh, green beans you know just shoot my you know, my glucose app and it's been mm, fascinating to do interesting. You know, three months of CGM and it was incredible buy hack from, you know, like your old green smoothie, you know, my glucose shot up and was, was high for like two, three hours afterwards. After so, green beans. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so wow. and after green, you know, green smoothie. So I've just realized, you know, then I put some eggs in there and then obviously what happened, I noticed afterwards that my glucose didn't shoot up for so long. So it would shoot up for a shorter time. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, Rob Wolf's program, Why to Eat, is an incredible program if you can link it with fasting, keto. Mm. You know, there's obviously times for, you know, a total water fast, total times for, you know, carnival. I think they, they all have their place. But it's so personalized to people. And that's... Oh, yeah. uh, Move on to the next one of self-quantification. Tell me your views on self-quantification and, and how you self-quantify. Yeah, this is this is probably my weakest area. Um, this this is I've never I've never really um, I've never done a glucose monitor when I was doing when I was really doing keto, really focused keto. I was testing. Yeah. Um, um, what was I What was I doing? Was I doing pin pricks? Yeah, I was doing blood. Yeah, I was testing ketones, my normals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. I was testing my 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 ketones um two or three times a day. It's not ever it's honestly <clears throat> I think that I've been at this for such a long time that I can kind of intuitively know yeah. <clears throat> what my body needs and what it doesn't need. Like I I know when I need to rest. I know when I need to skip a day of working out. I know when I when I need um you know, some, some, some carbohydrates, you know? Um, and so for me, I, I just ask myself how I feel every morning. Um, how do I wake up? You know, I don't do heart rate variability or, or mm -hmm. glucose monitoring or anything like that. Um, so it's really an intuitive practice for me. How do I feel? What's, what are my emotions? Do I feel anxious mm -hmm. or not? Um, do I feel rested? Should I push hard today or should I go easy? It's all, I mean, it's totally unscientific, okay. but, um, yeah, sorry. But it uh, works for you. And, and, yeah, and I does. think you, because of your spiritual practice, maybe, you know, you're very self-aware. Uh, you've got a lot of self-intuition where a lot of people are just so cerebral. Maybe it's a personality that you can be really centered. You've done a lot of breath work. You know, you've probably done a lot of psychedelics. So there's a lot of intuition and, and self-awareness that you've probably got, which is probably a better way for some people. You know, I found, you know, a lot of the biohacks and self-quantification can overwhelm people. It's just like, too much, too much information, too concerned, too panicking about this measure and this data point and where I'm at. And so you know, maybe it's a personality thing. Do you agree with that? I think it could be. Yeah. I, I, I think you're, I think you're onto something. I, I think that some people, you know, who obsess around their wad times, you know, for those of you, those are, that's a CrossFit workout of the day. Yeah. You know, if you're obsessing about that, um, Maybe it gives you vision and purpose. Maybe it really keeps you on track. And otherwise you just yeah. be scarfing cupcakes every day and, and not working out. Like maybe that's the case, but I think that, I think that you're right. I think that because I have spent, you know, 25 sessions, you know, 25 weekends in an ayahuasca uh, yurt and 600 hours right. in a sensory deprivation tank, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty aware of what's going on in my body yeah. and I, and I don't, and I know that I'm unique in that way, but yeah. I think, I think that for people who are just starting out, I think quantification is really important. Now that yeah. said, you should go get your genetics tested. Like we, yeah. we've done episodes on that too, to yeah. figure out whether I have the MTHFR gene, yeah. um, to figure out like what my, um, you know, am, should, am I, am I likely sensitive to legumes? Uh, nightshades, you know, to know that sort of stuff, to at least yeah. spend the couple hundred bucks mm. 
to know like what your genetic markers are. Mm-hmm. You know, apparently I'm like, uh, I process caffeine like six times faster than anyone else that they yeah. that came out of my genetic testing, yeah. um, which actually just like green lighted me to just be a coffee hound, but um, <laughs> just maybe not that great. But yeah, yeah I, I think especially for people who are just getting into this, um, who are who really kind of want to know what their baselines are, I think yeah. quantification is probably pretty important. But for for other folks, it's maybe not as not as critical. Brilliant. Well, we're uh, coming to the end of the show, but uh, one question that I ask all my guests is about sustained transformation. You know, I've coached hundreds of clients over the years from executives to high performance athletes. And what I find is the hardest thing is for people to maintain their transformation, to sustain the transformation that they've put in place. Now, could you give me your three top you know, pieces of advice is how do people sustain transformation? You know, those mm. people, you know, the stats show that 95% of people put back on the weight that they lose within five years mm. and even more. I mean, it's a scary stat to know. And, and people's weight is just something that is just an indicative of, you know, just lifestyle habits. And people battle to maintain, you know, these actual lifestyle habits in their lives. Now, what advice can you give, you know, my audience to help them sustain that transformation? Yeah. I I think more than anything else, you have to have a reason. You have to have a why. Like what, what is, what is, what is 10 less pounds on your body going to do? Like really think about that. Why, why do you, why does that, why does that matter to you? Is it so you can be able to pick up your kids? Is it because you, you, you're more likely to get laid? Is it because, um, uh, you want to live longer? Like what's the reason for that 10 pounds? So starting with a why is, is critical and it can apply to all the different aspects of your life, to your money, to your relationships, to your spiritual development, to your life purpose. You know, if you don't have a justification for why you would stick through it, then, and then it's going to, you're going to find all sorts of reasons why not to. Uh, another thing is, um, you have to be okay uh, not being average. That's a weird way to say that. You don't want to be average. Yeah. I, we, we, especially in the West, especially with millennials, there is this like movement toward you're okay the way you are. And that's true. And I've told my kids that you're okay just the way you are. But that doesn't mean that you can't give your best, that you can't be exceptional because you are exceptional. So go be exceptional. Don't be average because if you're okay with being middle of the road average, that can, you, you can slip really quickly into being like very bottom. Um, the third thing is uh, you have to be willing to step away from people in your life that want to see you stay where you're at. I did a, I did a podcast specifically on this with seen land from Estonia, uh, metabolic autophagy. Uh, we did, we just talked for an hour around the social pressures, um, the media, um, people in your friend group that don't actually want to see you succeed. They don't actually want to see you fit and strong and happy and youthful. They, they like you just the way you are. They want to keep you in this box. They want to, they want to see Sean still doing sales. They, they, they don't, they don't, they don't really celebrate your wins. And this is a really hard concept for a lot of people to understand, but some of the people that are the very closest to you, maybe your spouse, maybe your brother or your sister or your parents, they don't are, they're not comfortable with you being great. They just don't, they just, it's not part of them. They don't know how to do it. They like to see you just the way that they see you. You're, you're like this and you're like this. How dare you, you know, get super fit and go run a 5k because then it makes them feel bad. It makes them question how they're doing in their life. So I think those three things, um, if you, if you kept those in mind, if you applied those, those things right, right away, you, your life, your life would shift and your perspective would shift. That's profound. You know, I think those three, 
you know, areas to have a why, to have a reason. It, uh, it's the reason you get up on a cold winter's morning and get out there and do your walk and do your breath work and, you know, be the best you can be and optimize your mind, body, and soul because you want to put forward your gifts, your talents, your abilities to the world. And, you know, you use the word called serve. And I think uh, as we take our gifts and our talents and we serve the world, that brings great meaning to us. It brings great fulfillment and contentment. So having a why, making sure that uh, you keep those boundaries with people who don't want to see you fly because there, there seems to be more people that want to sort of uh, criticize and judge and, and, and not see you be the best that you can be, which I don't understand, you know, but uh, it seems to be, you know, a lot there. And, and then uh, your last one was... Don't be average. Don't be average. Uh, be the person that you need to be. Well, Sean McCormick, uh, what a incredible you know time thank you for your your invaluable time i know you're under a lot of pressure where can people find you where can people connect with you where can people ask for coaching services yeah uh you can find me on instagram at real sean mccormick s-e-a-n mccormick um i i made this 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 really incredible tool it's called the stop method um so go to stopmethod.com it's a free neuro-linguistic programming tool that teaches you how to get rid of negative emotions. Yeah. And it is incredible. It is, it's free. It's massively effective. And that will give you sort of a portal into a free tool that you can use. And also you can connect with me for a free 30 minute coaching call. If you go to stopmethod.com mm -hmm. and then listen to the optimal performance podcast. I mean, it's, it's consistent and, um, and it's obviously aligned with the work that you're doing. So you can yeah. find me there. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, I just encourage the listeners to uh, check out Sean McCormick. He's a world changer. He's a life changer. And uh, he's been uh, just someone that I've looked up to. So thank you for your time. And I wish you well and favor and blessing over you and growth. And as you transform people's lives and you're a real health hero. So, uh, you know, world, watch out, watch the space because this man is going to take on many areas of adventure in this world. Thanks so much. And uh, once again, the Mate to Thrive show, bringing you optimization of your mind, body, and soul. Get out there and always remember, be and stay surrounded. Nice. Thank you so much, Sean Thanks, McCormick. Steve. Thanks, man. Yeah, I really, really appreciate it. Um, we can, uh, you can, uh, you know, uh, uh, stop. Oh, geez. You see, that's, I'm glad you.